In your Bibles this morning, John chapter number 20. If you're saved and you know your sins under the blood, you say amen? Amen. It's good. It's good. We're so undeserving. God is so faithful. And I'm thankful that I have a Savior because I need one. Because I'm a sinner condemned by my heritage as a son of Adam and my member of the fallen race. I'm a sinner because of my deeds. I've sinned. I've transgressed against God. And the rightful punishment for my sin is hell. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we have forgiveness of sin Grace, undeserving, mercy, undeserving, but we have it. It's God's gift. Oh, what a Savior. John chapter number 20. Jesus has just met up with his disciples for the first time. The last of which is Thomas, doubting Thomas. And Jesus has passed through a closed door and showed himself alive. After his death and his burial, raised to life, victorious over death, hell, the grave, sin. And Jesus has just shown his side and his hands to Thomas. And Thomas has declared, my Lord and my God. He says, I won't believe until I stick my fingers in his side. See it and feel it. So in verse number 29 of chapter number 20, the book of John, Jesus says to Thomas, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Oh, what a beautiful phrase. The last phrase of John chapter number 20. Life through his name. Folks, I'll have you know something. All of us are separated from God because of our sin. And all of us are dead in our trespasses and sins. But because of Christ, because the fact that he was the Christ, he was and is the Son of God, because of the fact that he lived sinless life and became our sacrifice on the cross, because... He rose from the dead the third day, as he said. We can have life through his name. Life through his name. There's life found nowhere else. Life is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Life through his name is our message title today. And we're going to look at these few verses and ask the Lord to help us in his word. Let's look what the Bible says in verse number 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, 
which are not written in this book. Now, this last two verses of chapter number 20 is really John, the writer of the Gospel of John's commentary on what's going on, what's being said, and he kind of fills in uh, a blank here. He says, I want you to understand something. I've written a lot of, of the signs of Christ. I've told you a number of things, but it's impossible for me to write all that there was to write about what Jesus has done and the signs that he's done to prove that he is the Christ. He says, I want you to know that there are many other signs. The Bible says in verse 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. The first thing I want to bring your attention this morning is this signs have a purpose. Signs have a purpose. I believe that one of the most misunderstood Bible truths is the truth about signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. We talk about signs and wonders. It's almost like you talk about signs and wonders and it's spooky. (laughs) Signs and wonders. Oh my. Signs and wonders. And we think about this word sign. And sign is something that we need to think about. And it's a word we need to just put right exactly where it is. It's a sign. How many of you were in a car and came to church this morning? Would you raise your hand? It's good. How many of you, as you came in a car to church this morning, you saw a sign? Did you see a sign? You did? You saw a sign? Really? What kind of sign was it? Were birds giving you thumbs up with their wings? It was a sign. What kind of sign did you see? Was it God riding in the sky, a sign? You saw signs? Really? Really? Some of you said, I was riding with my husband driving. It's a wonder we made it. (laughs) Signs. Now, sometimes we take words and we kind of detach ourselves from the literal meaning of the word. And we can understand, we should understand, the Bible the way it's written. And when the Bible says that Jesus did signs, the signs that Jesus did had a purpose. Some folks want to talk about signs. Boy, I wish I had the gift of signs. I do have the gift of signs, and so do you. Here I am. I want to point you like a signpost for God Almighty to the fact that Jesus Christ is the way that you can have everlasting life. I am a sign. Signs have a purpose. Signs show you the direction. Signs tell you where you are. Signs show you what you're looking at. We got any sign readers in the audience? Have you ever been with a sign reader? Sign reader. Here's a sign reader. You drive down the road. And this person is so afraid of silence that they cannot help but read out loud every sign they see along the way. Have you ever ridden anywhere with a sign reader? Would you raise your hand? If you are a sign reader, I pray that you'll come to the altar at the conclusion of the service and repent of your sin. Signs. They have a purpose. And so the Bible says something very important here. In, and John just giving commentary to what Jesus had done. He said, Jesus has given many signs. So many that I can't even begin to write them in this book. I can't begin to write them down. But they are wonderful. And the signs that Jesus has done, they have a purpose. They are pointing us somewhere. They are showing us something. They are teaching us something. And the Bible says in verse 31, these are written, these signs are written 
that ye might believe. These signs are written that ye might believe. The signs had a purpose. The purpose of the signs is so that you would believe and know that Jesus is who he says he is. So as we work our way through the scriptures and we see the miracles of Christ and we see the signs that Jesus does, these signs are not signs that we are striving to imitate. I want you to understand being Christ-like is good, but you have to understand and put being Christ-like into its proper context. Being Christ-like does not mean that you're going to be able to spit on dirt and make somebody that's blind see. And quite frankly, if you claim to have this power to heal, you have not claimed to have anything that is really spectacular because all you've done is claim to have something that will help somebody temporarily. Jesus did signs and wonders. But the reason that Jesus brought, had signs, the reason Jesus did wonders, the reason Jesus healed, they were literally because it was a sign that said, Jesus is the Christ. I worked my way through the book of John in preparation for this message, just pulling out some of the signs and wonders that Jesus did. He turned water into wine. That was his very first miracle, and what a great story it is, and so many things we can learn from it. He healed the nobleman's son. He fed the 5,000. He walked on water. He caused the blind to see. He raised Lazarus from the dead. The most important one that I can spot is he literally rose from the dead. Now he's passing through doors and in John chapter number 21, he'll tell his disciples to cast their nets on the other side of their small boat. They'll catch 152 fish, I think. It's a sign. It's not a sign that if we cast our nets on the other side of the boat, we can catch a lot of fish too. It's not a sign that if we go to Town Springs up at the head of Mill Creek and pray and have faith, we can turn that water into wine and start Town Springs Winery. I don't think that's what God wants. It's not signs so that we can say, oh man, I want to be able to heal the nobleman's son. I want to feed 5,000 with a little lad's lunch. Our motivation is not to be able to do the miracles or repeat the miracles. The, what we see when we see the signs is the fact that God is proving that he is who he says he is. Jesus is the Christ. Signs have a purpose. Signs have a purpose. Now why are you beating this to death, preacher? Because we have terribly mistaken the signs of Christ. The signs of Christ are not things that we yearn to repeat. But they are evidences to cause us to have faith in the fact that what we need is Jesus, the Christ. And he is all that he said he was. Signs of a purpose. And so John says, hey look, I want you to know something. I've written down a listing, a grouping of signs. I couldn't begin to write them all because all the signs I've seen say in big, bold print, Jesus is the Christ. But I've written down enough so that you can know that Jesus is the Christ. Signs have a purpose, number one. 
Number two. Number two, signs identify the Savior. The signs have a purpose, and the signs identify the Savior. The Bible says in verse 31, These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You see, the signs are the things that identify Jesus. Now, it's been so fun to preach through the book of John and see all the many ways that the apostle John, as he's writing and inspires the Spirit of God, he just writes and tells us over and over again, Jesus fulfilled this prophecy of the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy of the Messiah. Jesus filled this one and that one and this one and this and that one. Jesus did everything. And, and finally, as Jesus is getting ready to give up the ghost, when he knows that everything has been completely fulfilled, he says, to tell us die, it's finished. He says, I've completed the work. It's perfect. All this to testify to the fact that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. Why is that important? Because it was the Christ that was the only way that any lost sinner could have everlasting life. You see, the signs identify the Savior. The signs tell us that He is who He says He is. These are written that ye might believe. The signs have a purpose. The signs tell you that you need to believe. You see the word ye, verse 31. These are written that ye. Now the word ye is one we find in our King James Bible. Ye, it's not one we use often in our own language today. But it is you, literally you, just you. If I want to talk about it for myself, I say it's me. Now, I don't know if you've fallen into this category, but some folks have this idea that faith and eternal life is the byproduct of congregation. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm a member of the church. That's not what the Bible says. That because you're the member of the church that you can have everlasting life. One preacher said very wisely, he said, he said, the biggest problem I've had of late is I've got people joining the church before they get saved. And he said, if, I, if someone accidentally joins the church before they get saved, they somehow get in their hearts and fixed in their minds that that's what they needed to do. That's the act that needed to happen before. And then they don't get saved. Sometimes people get baptized before they get saved. You see, it's not baptism that saves you. It's not church membership that saves you. It is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said in the book of John, one of our favorite verses, I make no apology. I think I quote John 3.16 in probably 50% of my sermons. But it is such a key center of the message of the Bible that I can't apologize for it. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, what's that next word? Believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's a couple very important words in John 3.16. Whosoever. That's you. According to John chapter number 20, that's ye. And if I want to talk about where the rubber meets the road, it's me. I must personally 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the signs have a purpose. The signs identify the Savior. I've got to believe. What do I have to believe? I have to believe that Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, Jesus of Nazareth, the Jesus of Scripture, that that Jesus is, is what? The Bible says in verse 31, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Christ. Now look, don't get bored with this simplicity because it's so easy to walk over. How many of you would be honest enough to admit that when you see the word signs in the Bible, you've got some spooky something going on in the back of your mind instead of just this is a signpost that says, hey, this is the Christ. How many of you would identify with the fact that you, you misinterpret and misthink about that occasion? Would you raise your hand and make everybody else feel better? Raise it a little bit higher, those of you that are bold enough to do so. And that makes everybody else that won't raise their hand feel a little bit better about themselves. I'm guilty of the same thing. And so when we see this passage of Scripture and we just roll through, Jesus is the Christ. It's almost like it's just like, Jesus Christ, move on. I want you to know something. That has very significant meaning that Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ. Because Christ was prophesied all through the Old Testament. Christ was the one that God had promised would come to save the sins of the world. Christ was the one that was told us in the end of the book of Genesis that out of the tribe of Judah would come the Christ, the Messiah, the sinless Son of God, the Redeemer. Christ, Jesus is the Christ. I've used this illustration many times, but it helps, man. I hope it'll help you. Jesus' proper name is Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know that we say that's great. It's wonderful to say it that way. Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the reason we have an f- accurate title of Christ is Jesus Christ our Lord because it tells us all about him, Jesus. The whole world believes in Jesus. We set our clocks by Jesus. We number our days by Jesus. Today is whatever day it is, the same day today as it is in communist China. And it's the same year. What year is it in China today? It's 2022. The year of our Lord, 2022. The whole world, even in communist China, they number their days and number their years according to this Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus shook the world. The whole world believes in Jesus. You can't deny the fact that Jesus has made an incredible impression on the world. But that's not saving faith. The whole world believes in Jesus. But then you have Jesus Christ. Now, that separates the masses. There are lots of people who know that Jesus did big things. But there are a whole lot of people who do not acknowledge the fact that he was the Christ. As a matter of fact, Orthodox Jews today are still waiting. They still say that they're waiting on the coming of the Messiah. They're waiting on the Christ. They don't believe that it was Jesus of Nazareth, the Christ. They hated him so much, and their leaders hated him so much and denied all that he did that they have literally turned a whole society of people 
for thousands of years against Jesus the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. They don't believe he's the Christ. They're actually still waiting on the Christ to come. But we know because of all the signs. We know because of the word of God. We know because of the working that he's done in our hearts that Jesus is Christ. Jesus Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the only one that could possibly die on the cross for our sins. Look, there are numbers of people in this room that I would die for you. But if I did, I could not redeem you. I could perhaps save you from some kind of harm and give my life for you, but I couldn't redeem you. Do you know why? Because I'm just Cody. I'm not the Christ. But Jesus was and is and will always be the Christ, the one who could, the one who was ordained, the one who for all of eternity was designed to be our Redeemer. Jesus is the Christ. Don't forget it. Jesus Christ, our Lord. I'll take just a short moment talking about the Lord part. You know, there's lots of people who are saved and believing that Jesus is the Christ, but they don't allow Jesus to be the Lord of their life. The word Lord literally deals with our relationship to Jesus. We should be subject to Christ Jesus and allow Him to be our Lord, but we're not always, right? May the Lord help us with that. You see, the signs identify the Savior. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. Oh, I like to think about the fact that He is the Son of God. He's the Son of God. He is God. He is co-equal, co-existent, eternally existent with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. You see, signs have a purpose. Signs identify the Savior. And finally, number three, the Savior gives us life. The Savior gives us life. You see, the works that he did lets us know that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And because he is the Christ, the Son of God, when we believe on him, we can have life. Life for now and life for eternity. The Bible says in verse number 31, These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. That believing you might have life through his name. Now, let me tell you something. When the Bible says you need life, what does that automatically imply? If somebody says you need life, it implies that you are dead, right? You need to liven up. What am I saying? You're dead. But in this instance, the Bible makes it clear that we are all dead in our trespasses and sins. We're dead. And because we're dead in our trespasses and sins, because we're condemned to death, we need life. And so the Bible says that when you believe on Jesus, who is the Christ, you can have life through his name. Life through his name. I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful that I'm saved. If you're here today and you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, or maybe you're here today and you've been battling with the matter of your soul salvation, why do we talk about that? Why does the Bible say you need to be saved? Why does the Bible say you need to be born again? Why does the Bible say you need to repent? And The Bible teaches us this 
message of salvation, which is the gospel message. The bad news is you are a sinner. The gospel news, good news is Jesus is a Savior. And if you'll believe on him, you can have everlasting life. I'm thankful that I'm saved. As a child, it became very clear to me that I was a sinner. It's an unusual moment. It's a unique uh, event that happened in my life where I knew that I was a sinner. I mean, I was guilty. I, I felt conviction. God, it's almost like God said, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. And I was overwhelmed and overcome with the fact that I was a sinner. I'm not going to tell you that lights flashed and I convulsed in the floor or that I felt like a stabbing pain in my heart. That's not how it went. I don't want to over-emotionalize uh, this thing. But I knew I was a sinner. I knew I was guilty, guilty, guilty. And my guilt drove me. My conviction drove me to find the hope that I needed. I'd heard a number of my friends talk about how they'd been saved. and How they'd been washed from their sins. and I heard a number of my friends talk about that they'd gotten... Felt the sin lifted off of their hearts and chests. And they, and it just, you know, little kids' testimonies. And I really, I am such a sinner. I am so guilty. And I remember finally getting up the nerve to talk to my mom. And I said, Mom, I think I need to be, I need, I need to be saved. I'm a sinner. She talked with me and. I prayed. I don't remember all the details of all that, but I remember she talked with me and told me that Jesus had died on the cross for my sins. And the best way I knew how, as an eight-year-old boy, I humbled myself and asked Jesus to forgive me. And I believed him. I believed that what he said was true, and I trusted him by faith as my Savior. And that day, as a child, I got born again. I'm so thankful. I got saved. I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a treasure. You see, the signs. God didn't do that so that I could turn water into wine. He did that as one of his many evidences to prove that he is who he says he is. So that I, even as a child, would come to the acknowledgement of the fact that I was a sinner. I need to be saved. As a child, I prayed and put my trust in Christ Jesus and received everlasting life. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that I got saved. I'm thankful that Jesus heard my prayer, changed my life, and the truth is he'll do the same thing for you. You see, all men are sinners. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins on the cross of Calvary. If you will personally pray and receive by faith Jesus as your Savior, you also can have everlasting life. The Bible says, With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And I pray if you're here today, and maybe you've been in church for years and years and years, one of my favorite 
stories of someone getting saved was an elderly lady at Boyne Springs Baptist Church many years ago now. She got really mad at me, actually. I was just preaching away, doing the best I knew how. and She got really mad at me. Comes to find out she was just under conviction. She got mad at me for some of the funniest things. She let me know about it, too. Tried my best to love on her anyway and started coming back to church. And The Lord was using his word to break her from her self-righteousness. One day she calls me, and I could tell she was in great duress. I said, hey, what's going on? She said, i got to get saved. I said, that's wonderful. I said, you want me to come to your house? She said, no, I'm almost there. She's coming, she's coming to me. I sat down in my office, and here's the testimony that she gave. She said, I've been a Sunday school teacher for 20-some years. I've been going to church for... 50 or 60 years she said I'm hearing the gospel convicted of my sin and I know that I must repent and trust in Jesus and Jesus only she got saved that day I ran into her she'd been saved now for I don't know probably 12 years 13 years I ran into her at a funeral the other day she gave me the biggest hug. She said, thank you. I said, well, we just praise the Lord for that. She said, I got saved. Now, I don't want to shake you from your faith. I remember going through seasons as a teenager and even as early in college, thinking, did I really get saved when I was eight? I didn't understand everything. I've been preaching for 20 years. I still don't understand everything. I don't want to shake you from your faith. But I remember going through seasons of doubts. And, but I know that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. That I put my trust in him. That he is my savior. And my burden and our burden as a church is to preach Jesus. And the fact that he will save you from your sins. Look, it's not your connection to this church. It's not your family connections to Christianity it is your personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that begins with the conviction of sin repentance of sin acknowledgement of that you need Christ and that Jesus Christ is your savior and when you put your trust in him you can have everlasting life as a matter of fact John liked to say it like this you can have life through his 